Welcome to Married by Design. Overcoming the obstacles to change. How is it that we get to a place in our life where we see areas that we need in our life to change and we actually take the steps to do it? That's what we'll be looking at in this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to this week's episode of Married by Design. Uh, We have started and we're in the middle of a long series called Handling Life's Issues. This is a series in which we are encouraging you to learn more about how to encourage others to be involved in biblical counseling to be able to give an answer to people with the things that they're struggling with, the issues that they face, to know how to respond and what to say and how to counsel people from God's word. This is something where maybe there's areas of your life that you need encouragement and you want to change, or maybe it's in somebody else's life that God will bring you alongside that you can encourage. So we've started this series and so far we've been looking at this idea of change We've already looked at uh, all the resources, all the tools, all the information that God gives to us to enable us to change. God wants us to change. This is part of the Christian life. This is really should be part of every life of people changing, growing, maturing, uh, becoming a better person. And certainly God that desire God desires that in our relationship with Him, that we would live more and more for His glory. So this week, we're looking at overcoming the obstacle of change, the main obstacle in our life. How do we get to a point where we we can feel that resistance to change in our lives? How do we overcome that and actually get to the place of moving on and moving upward? I think there's a lot of people that will go through most of their life, and they know that maybe God wants to change areas of life, but they are kind of stuck in the tar pit. They're resistant. They're digging in their heels And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, how to be able to move past that. Uh, And so that's what we're going to do. So why is it that we don't like to change? Why are we resistant to the idea of changing the ways we respond to things, the the ways that we treat people Mm -hmm. or handle situations in life? Um, There are a lot of specific reasons why we don't change that we'll look at next week, but most of them fall into the general category of the fact that we are focused on self. Um, We live in a society that promotes looking out for number one above everything else, Mm -hmm. and it's just our human nature to look out for ourselves first, to um, look out for our own desires, our own wants, to protect ourselves, to not be made uncomfortable. So the basic reason we have such a hard time with change is because we're looking at ourselves all the time. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we naturally gravitate, as you said, towards those things that are pleasurable for us, the things that are comfortable for us. Uh, We make choices generally in our life that are about ourselves, and that sets us in stone. And it's hard to break out of that, and that's what we need to realize In fact, I just want to suggest some areas that people struggle with and change and how, in some ways, they really are focused on themselves. Uh, Why are we resistant to change? Again, because we focus on self. And I think self is uh, the foundation of all all of our, well, a lot of our struggles. Um, 
And as we go through this whole series, we're going to look at these areas of fear and anger and all these things. And we don't want to kind of lay out a simplistic view. It's just like, we don't want to say, well, just don't focus on yourself and everything will be fine because there's a lot more to it than that. But I think it's good to get that foundation of understanding that if there's an area in my life that I want to change, but I'm resistant, I have to ask myself the question, am I focused on myself or am I focused on other people? Because that focus on ourself is going to keep us locked in, comfortable in the place that we are. Let me give you some examples. Well, let's give some examples, Jan. So look at the example of fear. If I don't change because... I'm fearful, I'm focused on myself. I might be fearful that I'm going to be made uncomfortable or that I might have to do something I don't want to do or I might have to humble myself and all these different things. It's me, me, myself, I. Um, Fear is generally always focused on me and how something affects me. Yeah, it's protecting ourselves or anticipating something that we think is going to happen Not all the time, but a lot of times things that are going to happen to us make us fearful. And so we can resist dealing with fear because we're so locked in and focusing on ourselves. Another example, a clear example is lust. Uh, A lot of people nowadays with our culture are so geared into the lust of the flesh and with all the things that we're exposed to, there's a lot of people that really struggle and can go through most of their life focused on their own sexual desires, their own desires, believing that they can never change. And part of the key is understanding that when you're given over to that lust, when you're resistant to change, it's because you're focusing on yourself. You're focusing on your own desires, your own gratification, uh, meeting your immediate need and not thinking about any other person. And because we're so locked into self and that hedonism, that seeking after pleasure for ourselves, that we're resistant to change. We also can look at anger. Um, anger is, gen- sinful anger is always about me. Uh-huh. There's been some injustice done to me. There's, um, I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not being recognized the way I want to yeah. be. I'm not being treated the way I want to be. So we get angry because it's all about me, and we don't step back to look at God's perspective on on the situation. We just want what we want, and we want it now. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, You think about times, uh, I I think about times in the past when I've been angry, and if I'm really honest with myself, I have to admit the fact that I'm focused on myself and what I want or what I'm not getting and how powerful it is and how hard that is to overcome until I recognize that it's not about me. It's not about what I want or what I expect. Another area is depression. We actually did a whole series on spiritual depression. And there's a with all these, again, we don't want to give a simplistic answer because there's a lot involved in depression medically, physiologically, spiritually, emotionally. Um, But again, looking at this idea of being discouraged, uh, we can realize that at least in part, we can struggle with depression sometimes because life hasn't turned out the way that I wanted to. I wanted it to the way I've expected it to. I don't have the power to change circumstances. uh, And I feel like I'm spiraling down because 
again, it could be, not always, but it could be I'm focusing on myself and the disappointments of life and the situations I find myself in rather than going outside of myself and, uh, and trying to remedy it by moving away from myself and moving, as we're going to talk about, to, uh, to other people. So when you think about change, again, and you think in terms of, am I resistant to change because I'm focusing on myself and realize how much we really do focus on ourselves? Biblically, this is the exact opposite. We are, are taught, we uh, absorb, we practice this idea of focusing on ourselves. But in the scriptures, for example, in the gospels where Jesus called people to follow him, he challenged them to die to self, to lose self, to give up self. And this is part of that process of change. When we get to a point of saying, it's not about me, it's not about myself, about my desires, what I expect, what I want, uh, then we're going to be in a better place and going to be more willing to actually make the changes, sometimes the hard changes that we need to make in our life. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to point out just um, when Jesus was asked specifically what are the greatest commandments, I think he, he precisely put the yeah. order yeah. our lives should be in. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God, mm-hmm. and the second is to love others. Yeah. That's priority, putting priorities the way that God wants us to have our priorities and the way that will also allow us to go through that process of transformation and change that God wants to do in our lives. That's good. There's no third commandment to love yourself. He says love your neighbor as yourself because Jesus is assuming, implying that we already love ourselves. In fact, Paul talks about that in the end times. I can't remember if it's in Timothy where he talks about one of the characteristics of the end times is that people will be lovers of pleasure. And I think he also said lovers of self. So it's again this idea that this is the very opposite of what God calls us to do. God calls us to love others uh, and to care for others and to, to, in a sense, die to self. This is what Jesus said in, in Luke 9, 23. It, it's written, He said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Just let me point out a couple things. First of all, denying myself. This is so key to change. This is the idea of focusing away from yourself and giving up self. There, In the anger when you want something, in the fear when you're trying to protect yourself, in the lust when you want that pleasure, it's all, again, focused on self. Jesus says, I need to deny those desires, those wants, those wishes, to put those things aside and take up my cross, instrument of death, daily. It's not a one-time thing, but as Christians, it's something that we have to do daily, where I have to make choices and say, this is not about me. It's not about what I want, but it's about God and it's about loving other people instead. And I just want to say, this is so so human nature, but even though that's our... Our sinful nature, it is so also countercultural to yeah. deny self. Our yeah. culture tells us not to deny ourselves anything. Yeah. Um, what I want is what I should get. I mean, you look at all the problems and issues in our country today, um, and most of them can point directly to 
not denying self anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and, and in Luke 9, and that next verse, 24, says, For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So you see that contrast again, the idea of of losing our life, of giving up our rights, of giving up our expectations or demands, and we actually find it, which I'll talk more about more about later. So to answer the question, what is it that will get us past this resistance to change? And that is moving our attention away from ourselves and moving it on to other people. We need to not be focused with ourselves. We need to turn away from self and die to self. And when we do that, that will make change natural uh, because we are other person oriented. You know, I think about this um, just amazing people that are so inspiring and breathtaking because they live selfless lives, their professions, their choices that they make to do, and the powerful impact that they have because their orientation is not towards self, but it's towards other people. Uh, for example, people that are police officers and firemen, you know, they put themselves in harm's way literally every day. What incredible examples. What an opportunity to save their lives because, in a sense, they're not focused on themselves. They're not focused on their comfort or their safety, but they're focused on other people. This is a challenge for us. I think about soldiers, those in the armed services. I'm just in awe at the people uh, in the World Wars, World War II, for example. So many men and, and women went overseas and they fought and they gave up their lives for freedom. What a noble, noble beautiful sacrifice that they're willing to put aside their own comfort, their own uh, ease, their own lives, because there was something bigger than just themselves and gratifying themselves and protecting themselves. Um, they're willing to put themselves in harm's way and, and do difficult things for the sake of other people. I'll tell you, when you think about change, when you put that mindset in your mind and you realize that I can have that noble life because it's no longer about me. It's about serving. It's about impacting. It's about helping and, and caring for others. Uh, that's a powerful uh, paradigm shift that allows us to move from being resistant to change to welcoming it and being eager to change because of the way that God can use us. And really the main reason we should be eager for change rather than resistant to it for God, for His glory. In yeah, yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, verse, verse 14 and on, it says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. So we should not be living for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first transformations God wants to do in our life yeah. when we come to trust Christ is to have us no longer live for ourselves. Christ gave up his life for us. God allowed his only begotten son to be slaughtered on a cross for our sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives us that love and all the power and everything that go with that. So why would we continue to live for ourselves when that kind yeah. of love and compassion has been poured on us? We should, like the verse says, no longer be living for ourselves, but for him 
who died for our sake. Yeah, that's powerful. It, it, it's the idea that, you know what, God has saved me. He's delivered me. He has done so much for me. Now, in response to that love, I want to serve him. I want to honor him. I want to do all the things that he wants me to do. Not out of obligation, but out of thankfulness and a response to his grace. So when you think about that, when you think about, uh, for example, a husband that needs to cherish his wife when he may feel it hard, or a wife that has to love her husband and honor him, you know, what will allow somebody to move past that resentment and those things? It's because they get in their mind that I'm doing this for God's glory because he has done so much for me. I want to glorify him with my life. How is it that a man can come to a place that he struggled with lust and pornography to say, okay, I'm done with that. I'm committed to purity and do these things. It's because he realizes that his life is not his own. He's supposed to live for God's glory and to do the things that pleases God and honors him. It's just a really powerful example to, to think about it. Am I motivated by my love for God and a desire to honor Him? That will allow us to do the hard things because, again, we realize it's not about ourselves. It's not about what we want, but it's about what God wants and what God deserves because of all that He's done for us. And really, looking at that, I think of that verse that says um, that if God did not spare His own Mm -hmm. Son but freely gave Him up for us all, If if God did that for us, how will He not also freely give us all things? Mm -hmm. What a love story. Yeah. You know, God loves us that much. He didn't withhold His Son. There's certainly nothing else He's going to withhold from us. Why would we not respond in like manner in love? Because this is but the greatest love story we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And our response should be that same kind of sacrificial giving love for God. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, let me suggest something else. It's not only that we we sh- we can rise above our resistance to change by realizing that it's not about me, it's about God, about God's glory, about serving him in response to all that he's done. But also, we need to be motivated by our love for others, like Janet said earlier. It's our love for God, first commandment, our love for others. So why is it that I should be willing to change and do the hard things, the things that are uncomfortable for me and I'm resistant? It's because of my love for my wife. It's because of your love for your husband. It's because of your love for your children or those around you that you realize that the changes that God wants you to do in your life are going to be able to impact them. And and having a, a change in your life is going to encourage your spouse. It's going to be an example to others. Um, and we need to take on that servant attitude that I'm not here to serve myself. I'm here to serve Christ, first of all, and then to serve and help and encourage and build up others. Um, in Mark 10:43, Jesus said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life, life as a ransom for many. There it again is that cross and the idea that Jesus came. He didn't do what was comfortable. He wasn't set in stone, but he was willing to sacrifice himself for others. Boy, you thought. Think about motivation to change, and, and think about the challenges of of how it is that we could get to a point of saying okay, I, I'm going to take the plunge. I need to make this change. I need to move past these obstacles and these excuses and not just tolerate these 
areas of my life that I know God wants me to change because of our, our love, our concern, our desire to uh, be an encouragement and to be an impact for others. And among those others specifically would be your spouse and your children. Yeah. Ephesians 5 talks about the marriage relationship and about how the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, that idea of self-sacrifice. Um, and the wife also is to respect and love her husband. Um, we so often find in marriage counseling the couple usually come in, each one's hoping for their spouse to change. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the only person you can change is you. Yeah. And um, that motivation of having a godly marriage and family life that is glorifying to God um, is should be a motivation um, to to make the changes needed to make that happen. Um, but also for the sake of your husband or your wife. You married them and made a vow to love them for better, for worse, and to love them more than yourself. That's God spells out in Scripture. That's how we are to love each other, sacrificially. And it takes that mental change to not be wanting to, to change things. So I'll be happy, but... How about making my wife happy or my husband happy? How about making my children feel secure in a home where love abounds and where God is glorified? Um, So we should be motivated to love others, to love specifically our spouse and family, um, motivated enough to change. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'm going to, I talked about lust a couple times. It's kind of on my heart this week. Um, cause I've, I've talked to some people who are struggling with it. And, you know, if, if you're a guy and you're struggling with lust pornography, here it is, you know, if you're focused on yourself, you're going to continue to do that. But if your focus is on dying to self and you're realizing I need to cherish and love my wife, I need to be that godly example. I need to be the spiritual leader in the home. That's that impetus. That's the energy that you need in order to finally get to a place of saying, you know what, this is not about me. It's not about me anymore. It's about God, first of all, and, and, and my wife and my spouse. The other example, I was talking to somebody this week and he was talking about the struggles that they were having, challenges in their family right now. And it was so encouraging because he said, you know, and, and we could be living in fear. But he said, as a husband of the home, I felt like I needed to be somebody who walked by faith that I couldn't be captivated by fear, but I had to make the changes and and walk by faith and trust God and be that example to my wife. That's just another inspiring example of somebody who is not focusing on their self and their own feelings and what they're going through, but they're thinking in terms of, I need to make some shifts. I need to make some changes in order to be, uh, have an impact on my spouse. So, uh, that's so, that's so good. So, so we've talked about the ability to change because we're not focused on self, focused on God and Christ. Our motivation is for others, our spouse, our kids, those around us, that should move us to change and actually make the changes that we need to make. And also just one more, and that is that we can overcome the obstacles to change, I think in some ways for ourselves. And I'm not talking in terms of like a selfish, I'm motivated by self. But I, I think about the idea that 
Do you realize how much you are missing because you are, are, are stuck in the mud, that you're resistant to change? There are things that God can be doing in your life, the, the joy, the peace, the impact that you could have that you are robbing yourself of because you're resistant to change. Maybe there's things in your life that you know of God has wanted you to change and you've gotten comfortable with them. And you don't realize you you don't realize you don't think about what you're missing out on because of that. Um, that gets me back to a verse we kind of read before Matthew ten thirty eight. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, as a believer, when you have uh, eternal salvation, that's a, a free gift. It's not by losing your life. I really think my personal conviction is what Jesus is saying here is that for us as Christians, when we give away our life, we give away our desires, we give away all these things, we die to self, then we really find the life that God intended us to have, the impact, the joy, the peace, the patience, all those things that God intends for us to have as believers. When we hold on to our life, when we hold on to our rights, when we hold on to the things that we maybe shouldn't hold on to, we miss out on that. And so I just want to encourage you, or if you're going to be encouraging other people, to think about that too. To think about the the motivation of, of asking the question, what does God want out of my life? What should my life be like? And how could it be if I decided I was going to move past this obstacle, I was going to throw off the resistance to change, and I was going to embrace it because of all that God intends me to be as his child. So, For this week, we hope that you will just think about these ideas, the obstacle, the main obstacle to change. Uh, Next week on our podcast, um, we're going to be looking at a lot of other specific reasons why people change. There maybe will be things in your own life. There are things that we've observed in counseling situations in the past where we've met with people and they've just have not wanted to change. So we'll look at that, that next week. Hey, we encourage you if you have questions about what we've talked about today, if you need input on counseling, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. We'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get it every week. Uh, And also, would, would you do us a favor and tell people about this podcast? You can post a link on Facebook, on Twitter, in different ways. We're just doing this because we want to equip and encourage people. And we would love if you would let your friends, people know about it, know and and have them check it out. So again, next week on our podcast, um, we're going to be looking at the the process of change. Let me just pray for us for a minute and then we'll let you go. Father, I just pray for people today that maybe are looking at their lives and there's been things for a long time that they've needed to change and they've just been resistant. And I pray that today that you would illumine them through your spirit, help them to see that they need to shift their focus from the self to you, to others, God, and be willing to do the hard things to be selfless, to sacrifice himself for something bigger uh, than themselves. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, next week we'll cover more areas of change, and we hope to see you next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.